We only have one night left to have studied and partied in high school. Otherwise, we're just gonna be the girls that missed out. What took them four years, we are doing in one day! Hi, welcome to Space Bras, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me is a lady who looks good in anything, including a mortar board, Kate Whitney. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to part two of our Booksmart podcast. Without further ado, we can dive right in. To get started, let's talk about the various pairings and relationships in Booksmart. Obviously, the central relationship, love story, whatever, and I, and I use that tongue-in-cheek because... I, I do love that this is not actually, like, a love story, is uh, Molly and Amy. Um, it's a platonic love story, but, like, I I love that, unlike lots of movies where you have two female friends and there are love interests involved, there's jealousy and there's betrayal and one of them hooks up with some... But by having one of them be gay and one of them be straight, you get to sidestep the shit out of that. That's never the problem. The problem is never that you betrayed your best friend by hooking up with their crush. Fuck yeah! It's it's true. And they also don't do the thing, which as a, a pretty straight woman who has lots of queer friends who are women, mm-hmm. um, it is so clear when that is... What, like, it's so clear to me that Molly knows that her friend is not in love with her. Like, yeah. that is not a thing. No, it's, it's just not, not a thing. thing. It's very comfortable. It's fine. Like, so they, I, I so they don't even tread, they don't even tread on sort of, I think, like, it's different for women, obviously, territory. but I feel like, well, like, super bad, I think, kind of, like, one of its sweet, subversive moments, I think, is that it sort of draws, um, parallels between like a classic romance and these two teenage boys yeah. and that it, it's funny because of gay panic right which is yeah. i think maybe why super bad probably hasn't aged very well yep. but all it's not all really a thing anymore or shouldn't be a thing anymore but like they don't do that because that's not what it's like to have to be a straight woman whose best friend is a gay woman like that's not how it is it's just not good <laughs> i'm like you know speak to that yeah no i it's just not, and I assume it's the same on your side of, as well. Of, of like, course. it's just no. It's it's really yeah. beautiful to get to see like a space. Like, in fact, hilariously, you have um, you have Amy describing what she wishes she could do with Brian. She's like, I just like she's so like, she's so like optimistic and like, and it's just fun to be around. And like, we could have a sleepover. And Molly's like, excuse me, we could lay around and talk and have a sleepover. Yeah, Molly's like, like, you do that with me. me. You do that with me. And she's like, yes. But with her, there'd be a lot more vagina. And Molly's just like, oh, fair, fair. And it's just, yeah. it's a perfect way to deal with it because it's, there's never like a, oh, you're gay, so you might be in love with me. It's like a, no, no. but also I'm fun. <laughs> that moment's like, yes, obviously you're fun. But I yeah. also would like well, a that girlfriend. has everything to, <laughs> it's perfect. And that has everything that has everything to do with like Molly's like need to orchestrate. I am I am alpha yes. in all senses of all words. I can be everything you need me to be. <laughs> yep. Um without even like having a question of like um, I can be everything you need me to be except sex. Like they don't even like really yeah, need to even go need to there. You just know. Because you already exactly. Yeah, you just know. Yeah, and it, exactly. so it is really I we didn't uh, I could be wrong. I didn't have any expect any uh, representations of this when I was coming out, and it was 
a little bit nerve-wracking, not because I thought that my friends wouldn't accept me or that, like, you would think that I was in love with you. Some people do have that reaction because there is a fair amount of gay panic and because of the fact that we align gay people with sexual predators, like, the predatory lesbians a trope and it's just like a thing and like for a long time I had a hard time even like flirting with girls because I just felt like that they would think I was creeping on them and like a lot of internalized homophobia there anyway <clears throat> we also like tend to um, think that the person who pursues is the uh, is predatory and the person who sits back is um, is a victim and that that traditionally is the man is predatory and the woman is the victim like that's yep. how it goes which is why you have characters like samantha jones who's sort of like or the idea of being a cougar yeah. as like a woman who had who has sexual agency and like hits on men as like this predatory species so i think for lesbians it's just like you do, ha- you do internal. I mean, I don't want to tell you your own story, but I feel I can <laughs> well, understand. I, know, I mean, I, I just said it, and you're you're guess ending. Continue, please. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that it's natural to to question that because your entire life you've been seeing examples of skeezy men hitting on women at bars, and you're like, wait, am I now the skeezy man? Like, hold on. Yep. I'm hitting on a woman at a bar. Yep. Mm? Yep. Like I think that that's natural and totally. and good and totally. should be interrogated by. Anybody who is by, trying by, to hit on someone, everyone. yeah, like don't don't be yeah. a creep, but like you know, I I I learned, I learned how to make my peace, and 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 the fact that like you know there are plenty of ways to not creepily interact with people that you think are cute, and I have luckily conquered those years ago. But um, by conquered, I mean I'm I'm a single right now, but you know whatever. So now you just so now you just like go to a bar, nag a woman. <laughs> Exactly. I, I learned the pickup artistry of uh, you're lesbianism. A, you're a lesbian pickup artist. <laughs> Never. Um, no, oh but but I remember. What if you were though? Oh my god! I would have to have an intervention for you. Like that would what be if fair. That is like I, I would. You that know, would be I would, such a nightmare. I would be hurt if you didn't think that it was worth an intervention. Kate, don't <laughs> put me in that position. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, the uh, the other dyadic relationships. Uh, Molly Jared. I see him as the dude she ends up liking because he sees and respects her. Uh, like, I love when she is at his graduation party that no one else is attending except oh. for his best friend, Gigi, and she's like, Just stop trying so hard, okay? People can sense it. It turned them off. But you try hard. I mean, you try hard at everything. That's what I like about you. And it's a really sweet moment. Um, just because to be seen like that and respected for who you are is pretty cool. I love their relationship and I love Jared as a character. I think he, I've never really seen that personality type, especially as a boy. No. Um, illustrated in a, in media. Like it's, he's, he's pretty fresh, I would say, but you, and he's, he's so ridiculous. Like he is, I think one of the most cartoony elements of this. 100% he's, like he and Gigi are the most zany characters. Like when he like, yeah. In a performative way, like plays the audiobook, like lean in. Lean in. Some tunes going. Random House Audio presents Lean In Women Work and okay. the Will to Lead by Cheryl. That's Sandler embarrassing. With Nels I have this thing where I like to hear the words of powerful women before I party to remind myself of the respect and awe you ladies deserve. He's just, he's so great. Um, I'm glad that he has. I, I feel like, in some ways, um, Molly is given a stronger arc of change, not only because she is more intense than Amy, but because she is given more intense, interesting people to bounce off of. And he's very important in that. Like, so her 
her relationship with him is that she like loathes that he tries so hard. Like she hates that about him and makes fun of him and thinks so little of him. But when he tells her that like he sees that try hard energy reflected in her and he thinks it's attractive and like admirable, she I think it allows her to process how she feels about him and how she feels about herself. Like yeah. I think that her seeing him has a lot to do with self-loathing. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And she's able to forgive it about herself um, in that moment. And that's like really beautifully played. And it's not like you don't like bashed over the head about it, no. but it does. It does make um, their kiss at graduation feel really good and yeah, like and earned and, yeah. and exciting. And the like the fact that clearly it's clearly at some point she called him and was like, I need you. And the fact that she trusted him of all the people at that graduation, yes. she trusted him to be the person who would speak, like, says volumes about how she has recognized that she has some of that energy, too. And yeah. it's okay. It's okay to want to be liked. Yeah. Like, she does want to be liked, even no, though she, she, she pretends she like she doesn't. Does, even though she pretends like she doesn't. And you're right. Like, yeah, he's desperate to be liked. And that's what his try hard is about. Her try hard is about, like, her ambition. But, like, you know, yeah, yeah. it, it does, her it does desperation her to, like... Be- and her desperation to to be not liked, like yeah. there is that too. She is off putting and intense like, with everybody. So. Yeah, yeah. So that she can put up walls and not have to deal with understanding that other people are deserving of pity. <laughs> like <clears throat> Molly and Nick. Yeah. What What do you think of of Nick? I think that Nick represents the perfect the perfect man only this is a modern story so she doesn't end up with the perfect man but like usually in these tales like um we're gonna do legally blonde and i think that luke wilson's character represents the perfect man in that where he's a wildly attractive man who is absolutely secretly or like he knows it but she doesn't know it absolutely picking up what the what the main character is putting down and like thinks that and can see her beauty and finds her attractive yeah because of the person that she is and i kind of like in this that like it's shown that he can do that but like he still has autonomy to like hook up with whoever he wants like that doesn't mean that she gets him quote unquote yeah they're still in high school it's not like it's not wish fulfillment at the same level I, I mean, I think that Molly genuinely likes him. Like, I, I, I think that I she do. genuinely has a crush on him. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with also, like, I think that that's sort of like this little secret private. And I love I love how that comes out because you get the sense that you have the scene with the panda bear and masturbating with the electric toothbrush. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I'm sorry, if you want to talk about quotes, quick cue. What oh. happened to her eye? Is like my favorite quote. Oh my god! No, no. Does she? Does she talk? To does you? she talk to you about? Does, does she tell you she's endangered? My like favorite. And I, I, howl I literally every have to call out later about like yes, but yes, yeah. fucking yeah, quotable as fuck is the. But you get, <laughs> but you get the sense that like Molly tells Amy everything. everything and then amy is the one who's like a little bit more private like you kind of get that sense like amy has secrets amy has thoughts she does not share with molly molly is just like constantly saying anything that pops into her head and to have that moment where you realize no 
She doesn't because Molly has Molly has sensitivities, and this is one of them: is that she is attracted to a dude that everybody else is also attracted to because he is, you know, he's he's, he's cute and charming. Yeah, he's cute and he's charming, and yeah. like she is a mortal, <laughs> and like also wants to be liked by the popular kids, and like wants that attention, and wishes probably in some ways that she was more like him, yeah. and all of those things. And it's very hard for her to admit that to herself, let alone her best friend, who she wants to see her in a certain way, just as Amy wants Molly to see her in a certain way. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. It's, it's really nice. It's really nice that Molly does have a secret from. Amy that yeah. she doesn't want to reveal. Ab- abso- absolutely. Um <laughs> yeah. I so then you have Amy and Ryan, uh, which I would classify as hot gender queer girl of your dreams who is straight until college. The, this is my subversion <laughs> on lesbian until graduation because uh <laughs> I definitely I have thought a lot about this because I've seen this movie like a million times and like the first couple times I was like oh face value and then uh, a couple times later I really uh dove into the queer psyche of it mentally and parsed through it and yeah Ryan definitely comes out later at least as bi that that's my hot I thought hot that take. Ryan was bi I I don't think well so the whole time well, what are we sp- Amy what are we supposed know that, to believe here's my rating on it guys that's the author um my reading on it is that she doesn't know that she's by it or hasn't like accepted that because like amy like has a lot of leading questions and tries to find out yeah she never um, says she never like yeah she's like i've she been never out like that purposely but, like, but i purposely think, misunderstanding yeah so she can tell her yeah you're right but and, i do think that Ryan she has like a too. little bit of a yeah. crush on uh on on Amy, like just from like the way she leans on her, like getting her sing, like I you know, but but I think then like there's this moment where, you know, there's a hot guy and like there's probably been some flirtation attraction there and that's who she kisses. And it's not also, anything about Amy. Been... Um Nope. But 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 I do I do think that like I think that there's definitely some interest there on Ryan's part, and Ryan will go through a, a journey of self-discovery to figure out her level of queerness in college. <clears throat> but anyway, I agree with you. Yep. My yes and is I think that I think that this whole movie is about mirrors to a certain degree. I think that Ryan and Nick are perfect mirrors of each other in yeah. that they are, and, and it's, they're just the way that that they reflect to Amy and um, Molly are different. I think that Molly is supposed to be so self-assured, but she can't admit that she has a crush on Nick. Whereas you have Amy, who's supposed to be so meek, does admit that she has a crush on Ryan. Like, clearly does, talks about it openly, blah, 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 blah. My take on it is that Ryan... I always... I thought that Ryan, like, canon, Ryan is bisexual, at least. Or, like, pan in high school. And that that the difference is that... Because both she and both Ryan to Amy and um, Nick to Molly express this like, why didn't you hang out with me? I would have wanted you to hang out with me. Abs- like, absolutely. We if you didn't, we could have been this tonight. Then yeah, this and I get the something sense, else. Right. Like I think that Ryan and Nick have probably been fl- have been hanging out with each other all year and have been flirting with each other all year, and now it's graduation, so they're gonna kiss. Yeah, that's fine. I no, I like, to- I totally agree because I do. Th- and like either a- of our heroes could have been in that same position, but they didn't hang out. They weren't there. They don't yeah. have the history. They want they want to force it. They want to cram all of that into one night. Yeah. And you what can't other people did in four that. years, they're gonna accomplish in one night, and they yeah, accomplish and you a can't- lot. 
but like yeah no you can't yeah. you can't supersede and and i yeah I, I i did think about that with nick the whole like you know like you know it's i can't believe you never came and hung out like you should have come and hung out like you know like that that felt very much like a yeah i do like you also i'm hosting a party and i don't mean to not come back but like that's just what's going to happen sometimes you know like yeah i i it also i think allows them to be actual humans in that moment absolutely. like you don't have you don't have a moment where you have to think like oh molly was foolish for thinking that nick was hitting on her he no, was he was or amy was foolish for thinking that ryan was interested she was yeah. but it's just that they they have a more established relationship with another person so like that makes more sense for them to hook up with that person it's yeah. probably like healthier and better you can't totally. force these things into one night that's not even if you're horny teenagers which i feel like is what most movies like Most this would try to do try to be like and 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 in one night you can change everything to like a, a, an amazing degree and like they accomplish a lot but they don't change fundamentally like as people they change their perspective i'm still projecting my my understanding of queerness onto this as saying that like i think part of part of i i do yeah i don't i still don't think that ryan was fully out to herself that's uh that's my read because she yeah, because she keeps on almost willfully not answering the question. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I is, agree with you fully. That's a, that's a very good point. I feel, to me, that felt like a moment where Amy is so, is like, has that wonderful mix of being like very forthright, but also being a little bit cautious. Yeah. And to me, that was a moment of her being like, this is the most cautious and safe way For me that I can tell questions. you. Yeah. Yeah. For me to tell you that I am interested in you sexually versus being like, let's go on a date. Yeah. Right. Is no, be like, no, no, I'm of gay. Of course. Of course. And then and then to have Ryan be like, all right. Yeah, cool. Is like just like is heightens the comedy where you're yeah. like, all Amy wants you to do, Ryan, is to say, yeah, I'm bi. I'm gay. I'm, I'm queer. Like whatever. Yeah. Like. But she's not doing it because it's such a weird forced way to go about, like a no, roundabout way of coming at this. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really think it matters either no, way. No, 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 it doesn't. I'm just, I'm just telling you my head, Canon. Anyway. I, yeah, I, I like, I like the story that if they didn't try to cram this into four years because that is a fake construct from like a teen movie, for that to be possible, that like Ryan would have kissed Amy on that last night. They would have been uh, in the pool together. Sure, sure, sure. And I think that's still true. Yeah. I just think that by not being there more, she had not explored that side of herself more. And they don't spend more time on this. Like they could have spent more time on Amy on the queerness, but they spend any time on it and that feels like a gift. But like in my in my druthers, I wouldn't have to be conjecturing as much on these topics. And that's fine. I'm not upset about totally. it because again, no. I'm happy we have it. You know, but also, also we're seeing it from Amy's perspective, and you need that. You need that unsure. Like I think, I think if she knew, like without a shadow of a doubt, that Ryan would be interested in a relationship with another woman, the story doesn't play out quite as like no, funnily or pathetically. You yeah, know what I mean? Well, and, like and you need like, that tension I, and unsureness. I don't know about you, but in high school, I, yeah, I do know about you. I knew you in high school. In high school, that would have, that would have been the level I would have been able to like push that conversation. Um, because, 
<clears throat> sometimes being gay is hard. Like, you don't have, like, a template for how you have those conversations. and you Because know, we like, don't have very many movies about this sort of no, thing. Exactly. Exactly. We haven't been able to practice our roles in, in a drama or whatever. We don't have the dialogue. Um, you can't be it if you don't see it. Yep. Or it's very hard to be it it's if you don't see it. It's very hard to be it in a successful and functional way without seeing it, ever. Amy and Hope. So kind of talking it through maybe that makes me like amy and i don't particularly like hope and i don't and i want better for my girl amy than hope sure i don't like that hope is so mean to her throughout this whole thing yeah um i she's supposed to be a mirror for annabelle slash triple a i think in amy's life and that she's an antagonistic the only difference is molly Molly as we said can like yeah she conditions she can take but like amy Amy doesn't doesn't. no so it feels it feels really bad to see Amy, like, get kind of beat up on by Hope for kind of no reason. And and there's not... I, I don't know if they could have, like... I feel like I understand there's, like, a lot of establishment with Annabelle uh, and, like, juxtaposition with Annabelle versus Molly. We talk about her Molly. beforehand. Like, we see them discuss her in a way that Hope's yeah. not even discussed. Like, Hope is such like, a I don't, tertiary character I, a, until the end. A, non-entity yeah like i feel like we needed more than just that weird scene where she's like unbelievably ruthless and mean to uh to amy for seemingly no reason in the classroom like it's yeah. like an off i don't remember exactly what she says she, but she says something really, note about like oh getting your oh, your teacher your teacher's number nice and you know. yeah it's so mean for no reason because like you I, in that scene, you kind of understand that the entire class is, like, rolling their eyes right? because, like, Amy and Molly doing the, like, Times Crossword puzzle with their teacher is legitimately an eye-roll try-hard oh, moment. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I just feel like it's sort of, it's too much. I, maybe maybe if there was another scene with Hope, I would understand her more. I, and again, that that goes to my, if I had a complaint, and, and, and I don't really, because, again... I think that this movie does so much, so many things at once successfully. So this isn't like a complaint I really want to make. But if I had a complaint, I feel like we would have known hope more, and that well could have been blown out a little bit more in a way that felt a little bit more earned. Um, instead of I... me having hope headcanon built around it as like hope is really the hot, closeted, and fairly irritable girl who is actually gay, unlike Ryan, the hot genderqueer girl of your dreams who's straight until college. So. Um, that is a funny juxtaposition. I, I appreciate that. I guess my issue with it is Hope should be Jared's mirror, and she's not. She's would, Annabelle's it, it mirror. It would have been nice if uh, if Amy got that. And what? so what you do get is that, like, once that wall's broken down, once they're in the bathroom and you have, um, you know, the pitiful scene is that Amy and Molly have this big fight in front of everyone, and this is this is when I shed a few tears the first time I watched it. Oh. You're a fucking coward! You're selfish and me! You're a bad friend! You're a fucking bad friend! Because like it's gut-wrenching, it feels so real because it doesn't really matter what the fight is about. Like at some point, like the dialogue just fades out. Because you don't well, really just... need to hear it. It's, it's No, you just know they're saying all the things that no one should ever say to their best friend. Like yeah. all of the Cause like every friendship, every relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Is like is like a pile of of like love and resentment that just like piles and piles and piles and piles up and 
there are, and if you want to make a relationship work, you got to let go of some of your resentment and understand that the love is like the most important thing and like work through it with people and communicate. Yeah. yeah. You either have that fight with your, with your best friend at some point or in my case, and I, this isn't, this isn't about you, Mary. This is just like about relationships in general. Well, it's because I'm perfect. You're perfect. So you might like cry alone in your room at some point and decide that like no one's actually trying to hurt you, that you just have your hurt, your feelings hurt, you know? One thousand percent. And that's, and that's the difference. Like, I think you, you either have one of those two experiences with your close friends, just because like some people fight with their friends and some people don't. And it's not because you never had your feelings hurt. It's just that like how you dealt with it, you know? And so like that moment's just so hard to watch because you know how much pain they're inflicting on one another and that it's not like it's and that and that everybody regrets it you know like and it's not worth it i mean like there's a like the inciting incident is and amy is right amy's amy's totally in the right um which i think is also a smart choice a lot of i I think a weaker movie would make it be like well she's kind of right but she's kind of wrong like she should she should, to some degree, be honest. Like, if she was just honest, then they wouldn't have had the fight. Yeah. But she didn't want... She wanted to protect her friend. And she knows, because she knows Molly well, that even though Molly is, like, tough, that Molly is soft on the inside. Like, yeah. everybody is. And she does... And she wants to protect her from that. Like, she yeah. wants to take care of her. Like, yeah. so it's a very sweet moment where you see sort of the more um, gentle figure recognizing the vulnerability of the stronger like kind of like ox friend who like yeah. normally is the one who just like pushes it through right and so Amy's right but you understand entirely why Molly is reacting the way that she is because yeah, Molly is like, so like, close we, to we getting everything she wants party with yeah. the yeah. whole point has been to come here and like so you got wet and you want to leave like you're not just going to explain to me what's happening. So instead, I'm just going to tell you that, no, even though you used our Trump word that says no matter what, you trust me, I'm, I'm going to go along with you. I'm saying no is is hard. That's tough. I think I think it also points out um, I think it points out. So, like, of course, we have an idea and I, I feel this about you, too, where it's like unquestioned loyalty. But I think that yeah. there is a difference between unquestioned loyalty and and like unfair power dynamics. And I think that having a like a safe word where it's like you have to do this now no matter what is ultimately an unfair power dynamic cuz you yep. get the sense like I promise you that was Molly's idea and yep. I promise you that it was an idea cuz she's like she like benefits I think most from their power dynamic, sure. uneven power dynamic. Yeah. And I think it's like her way of kind of pushing Amy around. So yeah. When it's thrown, and the reason I think this is because when it's put towards her, when when she uses an Amy, Amy, who has, like, more of a healthy perspective on their power dynamic, yeah. is like, okay, yep, that's what we're going to do. And then when Amy puts it towards Molly, Molly gets furious because she is the boss. She sees herself as the boss friend, and to have her own rule be used to keep her from doing the things she wants, she's so mad. Like, when she's like, so you just got wet and you wanted to leave? I was like, oh, that's such a mean thing to say to another person. Like, oh, like something weird and inconvenient happened to you, and now you're gonna ruin my chance to get everything I want? Like, that's so... It's like, it's it's seems... Like, when you, it should be totally innocuous, but, like, if you're a person who has a best friend, you know how mean that is to yeah. say to another person. Abs- like, absolutely. 
and they don't even they don't even make it like I think a lesser movie would make it something where like they said something that is something we see about the other one that's bad. Like it would be like Amy makes fun of Molly's body or Molly calls Amy a slur or something like horrible like that, sure, you know, sure, sure. which real friends would never do, would, would never, never do. do. And so this is it's much a, more realistic. It's realistic. They hit each other on like things that if you just like walked by this fight, you'd be like, I don't even know what they're fighting about. But it's so built up in like tiny, tiny little microaggressions and resentments over the yeah. years that they're all just coming out. And it's it's nonsense. It doesn't yeah. make any sense no, to anybody yeah. else, but it makes perfect sense to them because it's these it little things on they harbor. insecurities and everything else. Yeah. 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 And it, yeah. there's no there's no obvious blows. It's it's all it's all things that you would have if you really knew somebody well. And it's it's beautiful. It's like well done. It understands yeah. what fights between real friends are like. And so that that just leads into uh, Amy going into the bathroom and seeing uh, Hope for like interacting with Hope for the second time on screen for the entire movie. So that's you know it's a mistake. There must that, there must why, be scenes there of must Hope be cut on scenes. the cutting room because. Yeah. We we do see like we see Molly asking her where she where she goes to college, and I do appreciate her line, which is, "I'm not even engaging whatever this is." Because <laughs> Molly does another unhinged in that moment. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it's sort of weird in that I I love Hope's reaction in that moment um, to her, but like. All of those, I don't know, all those moments I feel like should really be between her and Amy for it to be really, have real weight. No, absolutely. We should have seen them before this. So instead, you just have to, again, do a lot of conjecture because the careers just don't get as much screen time. And that's, again, I'm not mad about it. We get a fucking lesbian sex scene in this movie, guys. Like, it's, you know, awkward and doesn't end the way that, you know, they want things to. But, like, still... You get a lesbian sex scene. What a fucking thought. I feel like sex scenes in teen movies are always pretty much nonsense. Like, kind of ignore realities about human bodies for comic effect. Sure. To me, it's like the same <laughs> level of ridiculous. Like, I think that the straight sex version of this is the oops, wrong hole. That does not happen. That's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Like, that's just simply not a thing. Everybody knows where what where they are when they are so amy and hope uh conjecture would be that in that moment uh hope is kind of lashing out at amy and i think part of it is like it seems like she resents amy for being me but she also kind of resents amy for like knowing who she is um Mm -hmm. and being exactly who she is and then like when when she sees like amy's reaction is to like I mean, be angry at her, but also pay her, like, a compliment. Well, you're just a basic hot girl who's going to peak in high school. (laughs) And, like, uh, acknowledge, like, that she is, like, desirable or whatever. I think that the only thing that really works about that is that, like, after that initial kiss, before the puke, which, honestly, to rewatching it for this podcast today... I've watched this movie a million times, but, like, once I understood that, like, what she drinks from is, like, a, a cup that had cigarette butts in it, I, like, I did almost vomit looking at that because I'm like, oh, that's awful. No, so gross. That's so, so gross. disgusting. Like, I understand exactly why she puked. Even talking about it makes me feel like, oh, anyway, I need to Instead, I'm like, Amy, don't drink out of random cups at parties. Do you want to get roofied? 
Yeah, no, um, I, I that was definitely like a. She thought that the, that that was her cup, and also like something really not great just happened, and all she wanted to do was take a swig of something. But like, oh god. Um. Anyway, the thing is that after that moment, after that first kiss, I mean, like Hope freaks out when she gets puked on, but she's pretty kind to Amy throughout that. And then after that, like, it's like that breaks down a barrier between them in a way that, like, I don't think sex solves everything, obviously, but in a way that felt like you're queer and I'm queer and we're seeing something about the other person. Not that she didn't know that Amy was queer, but, like, you're seeing me and acknowledging me Mm -hmm. and that, like, that breaks down a wall Um, in a way that makes that work a lot better for me. She's kind about the sexual faux pas. She's not kind about the vomit. To me, that's a little weird. I feel like if somebody vomited on me, I'd be like, this is really gross, but like, it's fine. It's fine. And then like shower it off. It's sort of weird. That's like seems that's like the most thing where I'm like, this is a teen movie. Where, yeah, like, no, 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 need, no. Of, of course. You we need, had to have a reason for this to to, to right. break down um, other than just like. You know, but but whatever. Uh, I yeah, I don't even mean just like about the sexual faux pas. Even even before that, just being like, like she's yes. the, she speaks to her in a tender way that I I like for Amy to have. Yeah, Jared of course. And Gigi, no, of course. Uh, I think are the only other oh. best friend duo. So I kind of wanted to touch on them. Jared and Gigi. I think it's kind of interesting that Jared admits that it's a friendship not built on like mutual interests. Or, um, or like, it's he admits that it is not at the same level as Molly and Amy's. That Molly and Amy are kind of like soulmates of friendship, and that that is not what he has with Gigi. But that he like loves and respects Gigi for the person that she is, and she sees him. She sees for the him, person she acknowledges he is. Him, and she like cares about him and is loyal to him. And like I, so what I think is so special and profound about that is that I don't think everyone gets to have. A best friend like Amy and Molly, um, nope. in in the world, listener. And what I, I'm saying is, sucks to be you, nerds. <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful that I have that. Um, you and I have talked about this before, uh, offline and stuff. Um, I feel incredibly lucky, but um, I do think it's good to also show like that your friendship doesn't have to. There are very powerful friendships that aren't built on the fact that like you all see and know each other on such a fundamental level, which is what I feel <clears throat> is true about our friendship, seeing and knowing each other on a fundamental level. So, you know, it's cool to shout out other kinds. Of yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, Molly and Amy's friendship is like a lot of my friendships. I, I think it's very important to have lots in common with the people that I'm friends with. It's because I'm very opinionated and I think I'm right a lot of the time. <laughs> so, like, the Mary, idea... you're not opinionated. Just so I think it honors also that there's lots of ways of being friends with people and that yeah. you don't you don't have to have a ton of commonalities to love someone for the person they are. And I think that that is a sign of maturity as well. Like 100%. Like whenever I have friends that I don't agree with 100% on most things, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm evolving as a person. But you know what? I really wish that they still like internal. I'm like, but I really wish that they would just see that musicals are great. Um, yeah. uh, my hot, t- my hot take. If you think you don't like musicals, you're a coward. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it out there so hard i love that you're so a coward hard. um you you can't you can't deal with with full force whimsy because you take yourself too seriously because you are afraid of your own 
wackadoo nature and you need to let go a little bit you need to unclench have a, have a little more fun in the world guys so we've already talked about i feel like i've touched on what it was like to be in high school we talked about like cruelty of kids and how it's not like actually about cruelty um so the only thing i have left are some coming of age trips so i would like you to leave oh, the I'll charge inter- yeah uh, yeah i'll introduce that I think that the most poignant, the reason we tell these stories again and again and again and we care about them and why we care about this one too is that coming-of-age stories recognizes and acknowledges that for there aren't very many times in your life you have these seminal moments where truly you're about to ring a bell that can't be unrung. And it's sort of one that's done for you. Like, the other examples I would give are like childbirth, I guess? Like, You go from, like, one day you aren't a parent to the next day you are in charge of a baby. That's huge. But you kind of choose it and you know there's lots of, like, lead up. up. There's a nine-month build up as your body literally changes to a comedy. There's a a nine-month build up as a six-pound baby bounces around on top of your bladder, Mm -hmm. from what I understand. From from, from what I've heard. That's that's, that's what I've heard about it. That seems like it's what it is. But it's almost like a lot of adolescence is that you don't even realize how like short it is and how precious it is until it is absolutely too late and i think that this story tells that the best in that you get see certainly molly and to a certain degree amy as well recognize that high school is actually pretty great and they actually had a pretty good time even with the choices they made and that everyone those around them was like actually kind of a cool person and that they are going to miss it yeah and I think that that's very poignant. I think that most stories don't hit that nail perfectly on the head, and it is the most universal part of being a kid, is that everybody, if you're lucky, grows up. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. And, like, everything is going to be different. And that's why it's so sad when you see them leave. You know that it is, that even though they don't want it to, it is going to be different when Amy comes back from Africa. It is going to be different that they're not going to be with each other for another year. It might be different in a good way, but they recognize it and the viewer knows it too because we've all lived something like that. Yeah. Uh, We'll never have that summer I basically lived in your bed and in your room again. Do you know? Well, it depends on how bad the economy gets, I suppose. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. sure. But then I I would probably uh, hopefully be on like your couch or another room, you know? But uh, we we give you a bedroom. I mean, but but, (laughs) but I just mean like like, that level of like just like living on top of each other, that kind of a friendship, like that will never be a thing again. And not those were golden times. I think we knew that they were golden times, but it did feel like they could last forever. Like, it really Absolutely. did. But it's exactly reflected in, like, what Molly says. Like, it's over and it's sad because it was perfect. But now we're going on to something else. And, like, that, that is what it is. Like, obviously not all of it's perfect, but the parts that were, they were. And I'll cherish and hold on to for forever. And I still, like, would like us to one day be neighbors or whatever because I love the shit out of you. But, like, it will never course, be that. Yes. Um, no. The good thing about growing up is... You, there are a lot of good things that happen, like your own autonomy and getting to build the life you want. And like, so, so there are other good and magical things that come. I am definitely not someone who like looks back in high school and is like, those were the best years of my life, to quote a song. <clears throat> That's not how that song goes, uh, obviously. Yeah. I, I, I think we want to make it very clear. We want to make it very clear that we are cool and we did not peak in high school no, at this point not. in the podcast. Yeah. We did not. We're talking the a lot about The best is high yet school. to come, my friends. Yeah. And and honestly, 
I still think that. I'm 31 and I still think the best is yet to come. Um, because yeah, ideally your life will just keep on getting better. Well, and economically, so, we, uh, our generation is like in our teens at this point. So yeah, I think, that, I, think that, <laughs> I think we have like, we economically, uh, if you look at it historically, have a job selling corn dogs at a local public pool. Yep. So I think, I think that, I think truly though the best has to be yet to come because yeah. it's looking real bleak otherwise. Yep. You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, so that that's my mostly my thing is that it it kind of gets at the poignancy that this is this is a fleeting moment, and you cherish you cherish the good and you leave behind the bad because there's no reason to hang on to it. Like it's a toxic it's a toxic and weak emotion to to hold on to the anger that you had towards people in high school. You gotta let it go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, I I do think that what's Something that's fun and successful about this movie is all the ways in which it flexes some coming of age tropes, um, like the the breaking the law, like and them breaking the law is is them getting in that guy's car and like foe holding him up and they get out of the car. It's like if you were a criminal, you'd be the best fucking criminal. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like <laughs> such a disaster, and they're, they're like, oh my god, so you were so scary. <laughs> Um, I love to love their hair masks. Yeah, oh my god, ridiculous. Uh, the trope of uh, of drug use, like them being concerned about drug use when like Gigi, we find out her vitamins, her special stuff, uh, gets all over them, and they think that they're covered in blow, and and they're not. It's it's just vitamins. They're fine. But then you can tell they, that they're in. You can tell that they're in LA because the drug that they get doped with is ayahuasca. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. But then they do actually end up taking drugs, and that's like that's a that's a fun weird moment. Um, literally the the hidden talent, uh, but but done in a way that doesn't feel like forced. You have um, Amy singing to Lannis Morissette's "You Ought to Know." She's good. She can sing. Like she doesn't sound like trained singer. And that's really fun. I wish I could remember that character's name. Uh, Brian? I love Brian as a character because even though he's way cartoony, I'm like, I know people like Brian. Oh my god, who doesn't? Is it George? Am I wrong? Was it? It's George. How did I get that so wrong? Alright, his name's George. His name is George? The last thing I wanted to highlight was that we get a scene that I don't think you really get women in. There's only one uh, one exception I can think of, and it and it's a dark one, and that is the like busting out the car, <laughs> driving it to graduation, driving through the fences. The closest I can think of is like Thelma and Louise, and like literally yeah, they die. And so, yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's a Thelma this, Louise moment, but it's triumphant. It's triumphant and, for life. and fun and amazing. And I love that you get that. Like, you don't get to see women do that. And to see these two young girls in graduation caps, Amy's over, like, her, like, prison sweats is fucking dope. Like, it's just so good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's... I just... I love that one of the things that this film does successfully is also pull in these fun weird tropes and give them to women in a special way there are a number of fun twists we we talked about uh nick and ryan hooking up and how like um what's fun for me is that it isn't about like a man coming between two girls it's just like the fact that like the crushes that they like 
liked each other, and that's okay. Um, yeah, they had they had an established relationship that has now naturally yeah. progressed into like a crush or a hookup. It's yeah. fine. No one no one's to blame for that. Yeah, you find out that like there are a number of things that like get like set up and then successfully delivered on like. Um, Molly in a throwaway line says, you know, someone always gets arrested the night before graduation. And, you know, Amy is that person. Uh, you get a delivery guy who is dangerous with that, like, fun, weird duality of, like, no one has to get raped, but also, and this interaction is funny, but also, like, the world is kind of dangerous. And we get to see that without, like, having our characters get, like, you know, brutalized. Hurt. Yep. Which is great. Um, and I think, yeah, for the most part, probably I didn't need to say any of that because I think we've probably touched on it all. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I do. Have I kind of some... worked. I yeah. worked. I have, so I have a problematic thing. Or it's I not really too. problematic. It's not really problematic. I don't, I don't really know how I feel about it. I think it's just like a missing piece. I Go think, for it. I think that it's sort of implied and danced around and suggested that class is an issue in this but they never fully nail it. Like, yep. so w- they all go to like a public school. I think your, f- your feeling that it's a charter school makes all the sense in the world because they're all going to like insanely expensive private schools. Yep. Um, and some, so of course you can assume some of those kids might have scholarships, but I think it's, I mean, we, we see Nick's house. We know Nick is rich. Like Nick's family has like a bang in house. And then well, we it's also his aunt's s- house. I'm kidding. Like obviously, I think but you know, also it probably has a giant house. I think a lot of these kids do. I, I think they're just kind of supposed to be rich. I think there also is sort of there's also an implication. So we also see Amy. Uh, we see Amy's house. Amy is not like rich, but she has like she lives in a nice house. She lives like, in a nice house. Solidly middle class, if not upper middle class. Right. Agreed. And, but Molly, they never really put a point on it. But you get the feeling Molly's like a latchkey kid. We never see her parents. Yep. When she comes home insanely late, there's no one who's worried about her or even awake. Like, they don't yep. care. She right? lives in an apartment complex that seems like a little bit run down. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a car. Like, her friend picks her up and then gives her her car after she leaves for school. Yep. Um... You know, you just get you just get the sense that there's like some class issue at play there. And I think that it makes sense also why she has to armor up so hard is that she is different from a lot of these kids. Like, I think that there could have been I think that it would have I I really like the story with her and Annabelle. I think that there could have been sort of a class, a question of class there where that maybe would have made it even better, where you kind of get the sense that, like, Annabelle is is rich. Like, she's of these people. She is accepted in them. She will, in many ways, have more in common with the incoming Yale class than Molly would, even though we get a sense that... I think we'd understand why Molly feels such a great sense of injustice about the whole thing. Yeah, Because she's working really hard, and she doesn't have the same... um, Like a... yeah, she doesn't have the same... She's, she's, she's less privileged. That is what I felt in high school. I'm sure a lot of people got in on their merits. By their merits, I mean their tutors and the people who workshop their college applications. And I'm not seeing that in a rude way. Like, if you have the resources, fine. Great. But um, also donations and things like that. I th- well, like, think about... I mean, like, Aunt Becky and Felicity Huffman's kids. I mean, like, that's the, ex- the ex- ultimate... 
example of this. Yes. But I, I feel, I don't know if they, I don't know why, it just feels like it's a little bit of a dropped ball that we don't get that more clearly drawn out, especially since it is so intersectional. I think yeah. that the question of class is is a little bit of a, a question mark, a quick cue I have about this movie. I think that it would have <laughs> helped us also... And, and and I don't know. I mean, it is it is sort of there. I think it would have explained why Molly is the way that she is and allowed you to even on-ramp your empathy for her faster. To be I, like, of I course agree. she's a gunner. She um, feels like she has a lot to prove. Yeah, you know? I, I like, agree 100%. Um, I think, I, think it, I give the movie the same pass I do about, like, the not having enough queer character content in terms of like blowing out those relationships in a way that like it makes a little bit more sense in a way that like I don't have to spend as much time interrogating it which is that this movie's doing a fucking lot and it's doing it successfully right it can't do it all I mean maybe I even give it more of a pass because I'm like at least like that that's an extra scene this is this is potentially this is potentially like a landmine to open up I understand that like dealing with questions of class especially when it relates to kids is hard to discuss. It's so hard to deal with that schools have uniforms so that they don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Right? Like, 100%. it's difficult. 100%. Um, I, I get it, but I think that... I think it could have taken it on. I believe in these these writers and this film, the film crew and, no, and everybody. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I do too. I just... I, I only give them a pass and that, like, in the amount of time that they had, they did a lot of cool things. But you're right. I think that would be worth bringing on. The other thing we've already kind of talked about is, like, kind of the white feminism that like even though they're trying to be intersectional and learning that i believe that they will grow in the world that goes beyond this movie i think that they all grow a little bit obviously we all do um going to college is a great place for you to like have your your viewpoints interrogated to enrich your your information your understanding um but as a movie i am 1000 percent here for jessica williams to be in here it's awesome it sucks that she is the monolith of a black woman in this film. We could have had. Yeah, it is, it is sort of weird because we actually do kind of get, like, a fair amount of diversity from the men. It's sort of strange. I don't know. I mean, we probably, probably if you, like, count them up, we have the same number of men and women in this movie-ish. Yeah, ish. But, but not the same, like, racial diversity ratio. No, like, all... white women. Pretty much all the women are white. It's sort of weird. Yep. Like... It would have been very easy to make Ryan or Hope, and they might be, I don't know, but, like, it would have been right. easier to make it more explicit. That they were them. women of color, yeah. Yeah. Especially Hope. Well, I think the woman that they cast for Ryan is pretty perfect. Like, that's yeah. a pretty perfect performance. Absolutely. And I, I did wonder when I was rewatching it if, like, they'd cast someone different for Hope, if, like, that would have been an easier thing for you to swallow, like, if slightly different line delivery even, you know? But, uh... I don't know. Yeah. It's it's complicated. She reminds me a lot of uh Liv Tyler. Um Yeah, I can see that. Uh Diana Silvers. Mm-hmm. I am not familiar with her. I knew that I liked Molly Gordon and Billy Lord obviously going into this, yeah. but um Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with anything else Diana Silvers has done. No, me me either. Um yeah. But uh, Mary, um, <laughs> do you think this movie's feminist? Do you Hell no. <laughs> no. Not at all. No, of course it is. Um, yeah. This is, like, right up there with Broad City 
in terms of like heartwarming buddy media and everyone should see it because it's very very good absolutely and, and I think it gives like a both a realistic and also deeply kind um, depiction of what it is to be a teenage girl and what it is to be even just like a high schooler in general um, that I think is like important right now like like let's leave behind some of like the cynicism of of like oh teenagers are a bunch of dirtbags but they love each other bro and, yeah. like, let's get to the fact that, like, most kids are pretty cool and decent people. Yeah. Like, like that's that, actually far of, more... Of immense amounts of compassion and kindness. Um, that's far more transgressive than being, like, teenagers are a bunch, are bunch, a bunch of crazies. Like, yeah. we already feel that. Because yeah. the world is run by adults and we don't understand because we are no longer teenagers. And we no longer, like, lay in our rooms on the floor and listen to music for five hours. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because we just really want to feel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, to be but, young. Oh, to be young. Those are the best. Those are the days. Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. And I, I like that it's so kind. That's the most surprising thing. I didn't expect it in this movie uh, at all. Yeah. But I'm so glad it's there, and I think it makes it so strong and and like kind of an instant classic. It's, it's a, it sets it above and a, apart from the rest. Absolutely. Fucking absolutely. I... Yeah, I'm I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm so glad we were able to uh, have a little bit of COVID-19 graduation content, and I'm glad that we got to talk about this movie because... I think that this movie is a real gem. It's a pleasure. I have watched it multiple times and will continue watching it multiple times. And I'm grateful it exists. And honestly, 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 the way that I want to get out to win Best Picture, I wanted this to get nominated for for more than it did because I think it deserved more, uh, more accolades and acknowledgement for the fact that it's not only fun and funny, but it's beautiful. Like, the sequence with LCD sound system, we haven't even talked about, like, when Amy, like, goes and gets arrested. Uh, oh, yeah, and, that's Or really good. as, like, an act of bravery to, like, save, like, everyone else um, in a moment where she has felt like maybe she has been cowardly. I don't think she is a coward in any way. But, like, you know, like, she takes that moment and she takes that stab and she defends, like, tries to protect the people around her. And it's a beautiful sequence. And... This movie just has so many of them, and it deserves to be celebrated. So, if you haven't seen it, fucking watch it. What are you doing? Turn off this podcast. It's over. Go watch it. <laughs> it's on Hulu. Anyway. Okay, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> that was super fun. I, again, maybe didn't say it a million times before, but love this movie, and love getting to discuss it with my bestie. So, yeah, thanks for that. This was this was very nice. Or you learn, you know. <laughs> At least she did it. Yeah, did it age well like fine wine? Or is it going to be a big yikes? Who knows? Tune in. Cautiously optimistic, yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. I think it's your brothers are probably right. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely safest. Like, which which does matter a lot in this economy.
I know, we let go of, or we cut short the contract of my favorite contractor today. I'm very, very sad. That will not happen legally so blonde. Says we our glasses. If you don't and want troubling to, times, it's important to remember. We could record the twenty-sixth or the second legally blonde. It doesn't really matter. Bottom. Um, we're awesome. Can keep aiming for the top. So we can record next Tuesday, or we can record the week after. Sorry, but coding and throwing is not fun. Cheers. <laughs> Outrageous.